Greetings again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of OSI Today, the podcast featuring news and views from around the Office of Special Investigations. I'm Wayne Amon from OSI Public Affairs, and in this edition, we continue our special series, My OSI Journey, which showcases the diversity and inclusion of our command-wide members. And today, I'm very pleased to be joined by Special Agent Bernardo Sanders, assigned to the 1st Field Investigation Squadron Anti-Terrorism Specialty Team, Detachment 2, Ramstein Air Base, Germany. Special Agent Sanders, welcome to the program. So great to hear you from across the pond. Thank you for having me. Now, uh, uh, before we get into some uh, meat and potatoes questions, I know your bio was uh, uh, showing us that uh, uh, you're a native of Michigan. Uh, I guess, uh, is that uh, suburban Detroit? Is that right? Yes, sir. And uh, you graduated from uh, high school there in uh, uh, the great state of Michigan. And uh, yes. after you graduated from high school, you uh, uh, joined the Air Force, but it was not in uh, the Office of Special Investigations. You went into um, uh, another career field. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, uh, I um under the mindset that uh, I was going to have a future in uh, engineering, uh, specifically, uh, I wanted to be a pilot. So I was like, in my mind back then, young Renardo, yeah. um, <laughs> right. I, I, in my mind, I thought, oh, let me join civil engineering. Um, although, so my family at the time growing up, we had a uh, uh, um, carpentry company and uh, so I, I did some of that so that was another reason why I chose to go into civil engineering uh-huh. but I was thinking engineering even though it says civil jump over to a pilot type situation once I right. get my degree and everything uh, sure. as I got older it, it calculated that that was not that didn't make a lot of sense but <laughs> okay so so uh so you decided then but you spent a few years in the uh civil engineering career field is that right Yes, yes. I spent uh, pretty much about 10 years uh, in the in civil engineering. Um, and I, I would say it was a it was a great decision to do that. Um, I got to see uh, deploy a few quite a few times compared to uh, some of the younger members in the uh, field. Uh-huh. So, got wow, to see so different parts of the world. Right, right. Now, uh, other than uh, or in addition to, uh, you know, getting uh, kind of globetrotting the world on various assignments, uh, is it safe to say that you brought some uh, uh, some valuable experience from the CE career field into OSI? Did uh, any of the previous AFSC uh, help you as you transitioned into uh, law enforcement? Yes, uh, just with the um the experience, so in my prior career field, I did a lot of construction inspections, project management type things. Uh, so in in various parts of my career, uh, whether it be downrange um, and dealing with uh, some of the type fraud type situations, it, it has helped. I see. Now, uh, what exactly and how did you become interested in law enforcement and subsequently in OSI? What uh, what made you decide, Okay, I'm going to transition into uh, this particular career field? So from a young age, I was interested in law enforcement. Uh, I would say it probably started back when uh, I was probably in, I think, third grade. Um, Wow. That uh, early, huh? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, it, it, It may have started before that, but. Uh, that's specifically um, so one day um, like our co- so our sports leagues back then were predominantly uh, coached and and um, started by 
police and fire department, things like that. Right. Uh, so uh, in the third grade, it was uh, one day I was uh, we were le- leaving practice and the coaches had offered us a ride. And that that specific coach was uh, he drove an ambulance and uh, we dropped a couple of kids off and a, a call came over the radio. And just so happened that call was across the street from my house. Uh-huh. Uh, so, uh, on the, where I'm from the street, I grew up on, uh, a lot of the people, although they're not kin to each other blood, uh, we, we would call each other cousins and things like that. So, right, right. uh, because they were across the street, I knew specifically like where it was and everything. And, uh, when we pulled up the, you know, he was like, you know, stay in the back and, uh, I did. And come to find out it was uh, one of the older guys who's very close to um, my oldest brother. Um, I guess uh, there was some uh, altercation and, you know, shooting and everything like that. Wow. And um, it was a lot of that growing up in my childhood, during my childhood, whether it be with uh, on my street specifically or with uh, siblings, Um, Uh you know, sucks to say this, but a lot of uh, my siblings um, at one point in time sold drugs and things, oh, wow. negative things yeah. have ha- has happened to them. Um, and through the experience of that, I've, I've always looked at things uh, as going in the opposite direction. So right, right. Uh, that's why law enforcement has uh, become a huge part of what I wanted to do. Um, I had a junior ROTC instructor, Air Force, in uh, high school, and I did that for four years. Uh-huh. And he was prior um, security forces, and right. the one thing he he kept telling me over the years, uh, especially as I got closer to uh, enlisting, was do not go security forces. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Although security forces, I got to say, they're they're they really uh, go hand in hand with OSI these days. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's just it, for him. You know, he he retired. Uh, I don't know, I would say probably in the 80s, maybe maybe 90s. Right. Um, so security forces back then was a bit different from what they are now. Right. Um, and, right. And, and security forces is different from what it was when when I joined. So Sure. And, sure. and it's like same role as I, same for the Air Force. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Every, everything, everything tends to evolve over the course of time, I guess. Yes. Um, so that was uh, that was really where. I got into um, wanting to go into law enforcement. Um, OSI uh, came onto my radar first, I would say, when I was at Beale back in probably 2009. Uh-huh. Um, one of my coworkers, he was going through the process of joining OSI. And um, for me, I had never really heard of it, but uh-huh. just talking with him uh, as he was going through the process, he really wanted to do it and everything. And, uh, Back then, because of bills being part of uh, ACC, we deployed a lot, sure, uh, sure. pretty much six on, six off. Right. So he ended up getting orders to deploy, and uh, that caused a wrinkle in his uh, process of becoming OSI. Um, so he ended up subsequently getting out because uh, he didn't want to stay in our current job. Right. Um, right. So, uh, and then for me, I got orders literally right after that. I got orders to deploy. Um, and then during that deployment, 
um, well, during the training for that deployment, I go, got orders to Osan, Korea, and then I had to cancel that because uh-huh. of the deployment. So then the right. very while deployed, I got orders to Isles in Alaska for four years. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. So that pushed all my plans back. Uh-huh. <laughs> But after, but after Ileson, uh, you know, and, and checking out your bio here that I'm looking at right in front of me, uh, a few years later, uh, you became a, a special agent trainee uh, down to, you know, going from Alaska down to Eglin, Florida. Is that right? Yes, yes. I, I to- in total, I uh, did a, probably about a, 10 months, maybe 11 months of AT status just because of uh, I ended up getting a hernia and needing surgery. Oh, my uh, gosh. Wow. So, uh I ended up, they, they just, uh, instead of um, keeping me at Allison, they pushed me to my follow-on, got surgery there, healed up, took a PT test, and then went off to school. Wow, so it, uh, it all turned out for the best, both physically and uh, career-wise for you, that's, uh, that's yes, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, uh, as far as uh, the beginning of your, your OSI career, Renardo, um, when you became a special agent, uh, were there any challenges that you faced once you joined OSI? And uh, uh, how did you overcome them, if, if there were some? Uh, I would say one of the, the biggest challenges for me was uh, at the time while I was going, uh, going through school, the schoolhouse, uh, early on, I was in a relationship and I was kind of like trying to juggle the relationship and school. Yeah. And uh, it, it was whooping me. So, uh, <laughs> I ended up, uh, not passing the first, the very first test. Okay. Uh, I missed about wow. one question, uh-huh. one question, but you stuck with um, it. Oh yes. Yes. So I was, I was, I was determined not to, uh, to, to get, reach my goals. That's one thing about me. Um, so for me, uh, knowing that if I had messed up or, or, uh, didn't pass a, a PE or uh, an exam or anything like that. One more time, it was going to be, I was going to be done for me. Uh-huh. So I just buckled down and uh, I ended the relationship uh, because my career was more important to me than the relationship. I see. Um, so for me, I, I just, after that, after ending the relationship, I just buckled down. And uh, after that, I had no struggles. Uh, my grades shot up and wow. I never looked back. Uh, Good. Good on you. That's uh, that's tremendous. Uh, well, it shows that perseverance uh, does pay off. No doubt about that. Um, now, uh, what exactly inspires you to do your best in OSI? I know uh, you. You're, it sounds like from your last answer, you uh, really self motivated yourself. But uh, uh, is there anyone or anything that inspires you to do your best uh, as a special agent within OSI? Uh, I would say. Uh just some of the different leaders that I've come into contact with, whether it be supervisors or SACs um, now, um, I've been inspired by uh, just the, the, the change in which are really the, the air force all the way down to OSI specifically is, is coming into uh, change as far as the, especially when it comes to diversity and inclusion, right, um, right. just having the conversations about some of the things that um, certain races, uh, people in the service have issues with, and we've been having issues with those for some time. Um, and just being able to have that conversation and being able to get 
get the the issues on the table and, and to try to make change. Right, um, right. It's very uh, motivational um, and everything. Uh, yeah, I would right. say that. And, and I mean, <laughs> what also inspires me is seeing the faces um, and, and the people that we impact. Um, I mean, I, I go back to... Uh, uh, when I was stationed at Kadena as uh, AST, um, I did a um, humanitarian type mission in uh, Papua New Guinea. Uh-huh. And uh, for majority of the missions that we go on, uh, I it's rare to come across, I mean, outside of Africa, um, which I, the first time I went to Africa was this past year because I was deployed to Djibouti. Uh-huh. Um, but outside of that, you rarely ever see anybody that looks like you. Okay. Um, and, and see the impact that you have on them. So it was very uh, great to go to Papua New Guinea and, and to help um, with the humanitarian situation, um, which was primarily medical. Uh, sure. It, sure. It, was, it was very rewarding to see that. And then, uh, like I said, going to Africa, um, one of my uh, friends was uh, deployed there as OSI, and um, I sent down uh, like clothing and stuff like that right, um, right. that I that I didn't need anymore. And uh, I literally reached out to our previous SAC and told him, uh, "Next next deployment to Africa, I want to go." And the next one that came down, I, I got to go on. So it was wow, very it was good. Great. Again, perseverance paid off in your case, no doubt about that. Now, uh, we did mention a couple of times, Renardo, that uh, uh, you're a member of AST, or uh, the Anti-Terrorism Specialty Team. Now, uh, in doing a little research about the creation of AST uh, from, a, uh, uh, from one of our previous uh, command historians, uh, uh, she note, noted that uh, in March of 1997, OSI leadership created the Anti-Terrorism Specialty Team, or AST, to provide a fast, flexible, global response force protection capability consisting of anti-terrorism, counterintelligence uh, collections, and investigative services to support Air Force and DOD force protection operations. Now, uh, in your position, uh, what is the most gratifying part of your job with OSI, and uh, in particular, uh, as a member of uh, AST? Uh, I would say, uh, uh, between, because I love to travel. So right. having that, having that, uh, as, um, having that as an opportunity is, is one of the biggest pluses, um, because you get to travel for work, um, and see different parts of the world. Right. Um, right. but to, to work and, and, and also, uh, meet and mix with uh you know the different embassy teams right um and get to see people networking with other agencies um i would say those are the bigger uh things that's like uh i would say if someone's interested in that Uh um those are the bigger things for me now it may be a little different for others but for me that's that's it have you found yourself being like kind of a sponge, Renardo, as far as picking up uh, interesting uh, tidbits of, of uh, the way other, uh, you know, law enforcement organizations around the world uh, conduct their business as well? Definitely, definitely. Uh, I mean, we meet with local PD, 
to other CI entities and, and uh, above uh, with different embassies and stuff like that. So it's it's a it's a great opportunity, um, a lot to learn, uh, a lot to share. Because typically, with the different missions, um, the the hopes is that you tie a new member up with some a member that has experience, and uh, you kind of uh, I would left seat right seat type situation, but right. uh, it, it's a uh, they're not going to put you in a situation where you feel uh, less than or, or not prepared, um, right? Because you're right. typically you have someone with skill that's been there. Sure, sure. Uh, let's put on your uh, a different hat there for a second now, if we can, Renardo. Uh, if you could uh, look back and do it all over again, is there anything that you would change about your OSI career at all? Uh, I don't think so. Um, uh-huh. I, I've, I've been quite lucky so far. Um, I've, I've gotten to, uh, do different jobs, um, and gotten, uh, received every assignment that I put in for, uh-huh. for the most part. I, I, I try to keep as much control over my career as I can. Right, um, right. So uh, I volunteer for assignments um, just because I know I was hot for, you know, specifically short tour. Um, so I volunteered for the Saudi Arabia assignment that I went on uh-huh. um, and then uh, originally went there for CI, but ended up doing um, PSD. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I. For, excuse me, Renato, excuse me, Renato, for our, just for our uh, novice uh, listeners who may not be familiar with some of uh, the OSI unique acronyms, PSD is Protective Service Detachment, correct? Yes. Okay, very good. Go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> we have a lot of oh, new listeners. Fine. We have a lot of new listeners. So, so yes, I uh, going there and, and um, originally for one job and, and being able to do it, to do another, um, and then actually getting sent off to to the um, PSD course uh, because I extended uh, to stay there for an additional year, but the army took over. So then I, I uh-huh. kind of got the option of where did I want to go? Right. Um, and then that, right. that's how I ended up getting into uh, AST at Kadena. Uh-huh. Wow. Another, another OSI success story as, as it were, I guess. Um, yes. I'm going to uh, uh, shift gears back to uh, uh, the diversity and inclusion angle, if I could, uh, for a second, Renardo. Um, mm-hmm. in, in also researching the creation of AST article, um, uh, our command historian at the time wrote that the very first female OSI agent to deploy in a combat zone was a member of the AST. Now, that leads mm-hmm. me to my question. Why is diversity and inclusion foundational to OSI success in your view? Uh, because, I mean, you with how diverse the the military is in general and then you break it down to the air force and then osi specifically um you have to have diversity because you're always going to run into those type of situations where uh they're country dependent um you may go somewhere where uh working with um just all males or i mean i've had it where we've been deployed and um, having a female on your team um, going into an interview or um, something like that, having that female there, I would say relaxes Uh uh, some people and, or 
uh, opens them up to communicate more uh, just because it's a female. Sure. You know, uh, sure. in some of these countries, um, it may be because of other reasons uh, that I won't state, but right. uh, <laughs> but uh, that's that's been the case, um, uh-huh. as well as um, certain locations in Africa. Um, you you can see when um, when an African American uh, agent walks into the room with the with his partner, right. how it's different when when it's the intro the intro meet, um, just the, right. the right. look on their face, the smile or whatever um, type of gesture because of uh, said agent. Um, so yeah, yeah, those those first impressions uh, do mean a lot, no doubt about that. Um, what, uh, put, put on your, uh, little, uh, uh, forward thinking cap a little bit, if we can, Renato, uh, mm-hmm. what direction do you envision OSI going into the future? And you've been with the organization for a few years now. Uh, mm-hmm. where do you, where do you, what, uh, what vector, what direction do you see OSI, uh, progressing is, you know, obviously the, the world stage is changing constantly and what have you, uh, how do you envision uh, the evolution of OSI? Uh, I would say, um, like at, at the moment, uh, we're still at the stage of, um, I guess, figuring out a way to respond to the talks that we had last year. Um, and I would say, uh, as, as time goes on, as, as the more we can open up and have those type of conversations um, and, and actually put forth um, steps towards change, right. um, it's, it's only be going to become a better agency all around. Mm-hmm. Um, be, I, I, yeah, I would say that. Some other folks I've talked to, uh, you know, said, uh, you know, with technology changing almost at a daily rate, uh, uh, OSI is, uh, you know, uh, staying on the forefront of uh, staying ahead of the technology because that uh, is all part and parcel of uh, uh, the, the the toolkit for special agents, along with, you know, the the changes as far as personnel and so on and so forth. Yeah. So, it, uh, so it sounds like it's kind of a, uh, a a big umbrella that covers a whole lot of areas. Uh, would you think yes. that's a, is that a fair statement? to make yes i when it comes to diversity and inclusion um a lot is uh, a lot that a, a lot of things people may not think of initially but if you dive deep into it there's a lot of ways in which diversity and, and inclusion can affect uh osi towards change uh, i mean just me and you doing this podcast right now right um there may be a, a member of security forces or whoever that may listen to it one day and uh it may help them to join i don't know yeah yeah. Um, it's just like you said technology is um growing and there's uh the the more we do to show our growth in diversity inclusion uh, across the agency uh whether it be with recruiting um flyers or or um uh, websites um, and things like that uh, right. it, it will only help and, and grow better right now uh, you led me perfectly into my next question uh, with your recruiting hat on there Renardo what advice would you give uh, someone who would like to join OSI uh, so I mean I, I, I do a lot of uh, 
talking with people um, just because I'm a people person. Right. Um, so I, I would say uh, if they're thinking about it, do it, apply. Um, uh-huh. I mean, I, I, I come across and just like, I mean, I have conversations with other agents um, and we all always come across the people that's like, oh, you know, I thought about joining OSI. Uh, and, and I always ask, like, why didn't you? Um, right, right. For for whatever reason, they come up, they they say it's always like, in, at least in my mind, I'm just like, well, you should have joined, um, <laughs> right? Because the, I mean, the, the the benefits of being in OSI, especially if you're interested interested in law enforcement, which a lot of people are, sure, um, across the Air Force, um, it, it the benefits will outweigh the negatives. I mean, regardless of what career fields you go in, there's going to be some negatives depending on the person um, and experience. Uh But uh, I don't know. I mean, so you would, so I was going to say, so you would tell somebody who's thinking about it. Well, turn that, turn that thought into some kind of an action toward joining. Right. Um, Just going in and meeting with the, the local detachment. I always tell people that because that, that's how I, um, when I was at Allison, uh, I was coming up on about, um, I don't know, close to 18 months out from PCSing. Uh-huh. Um, and, and I know my, I knew my window was a, a one year out of applying. So I, I went to, over to the office and talked to them uh, and, and just mentioned like, Hey, I'm like, you know, I'm interested in joining, explain what career field I was in, things that I've done different deployments and stuff and uh they told me you know like hey you know come back when you're because i was soon to deploy as well right uh so you know they told me come back after my deployment if i was still serious mm-hmm. um so while on that deployment um i was in oman and uh there was a osi detachment there and uh, i went over and talked to them like you know it's, yeah. yeah it's it's always uh i wherever i'm at you know, it, it, especially when I was thinking of cross training, wherever I was at, I'm I'm going to go and talk to the people because those are the people that's doing the job. Um, and it also yeah. lets people know um, that you're truly interested, that you really want to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and there's no better person to talk to than the people who are actually doing the job, the, the boots that are actually on the ground, if you will. Exactly. Right. Now, before we wrap and, things, I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead, Renato. You had something else you wanted to say? Yeah, I was just going to say, like, when I walked into the office over in Oman, um, I guess they, uh, the, the soup or the sack at the time, had told him, like, yeah, you know, I was coming over. So uh, I walked into the office, and it, it, was, it was a diverse office. Right. Um, so as I'm walking in, they're all, like, looking at me, and, like, they stopped talking, and some people are in the background doing, like, the, the cutthroat, like, don't do it, you know, but they're just <laughs> joking or whatever. Right. Uh, so that was... <laughs> It was cool talking to them and, and, and just getting their insight. So, yeah. Right. And, of course, when you say soup and sake, that's a superintendent of the debt or uh, the special agent in charge. Uh, uh, so uh, those those are the kinds of folks that uh, will give you the, the, the straight uh, skinny on on uh, the, the career field of OSI, no doubt about that. So, Renardo, before we uh, wrap things up uh, today, is there anything else that you'd like to add? Uh, no, not at the no. No? Okay, no problem. I just want to make sure you have uh, an ample opportunity to uh, to chime in if you'd like. Uh, so uh, our guest has been Special Agent Renardo Sanders, 
First Field Investigation Squadron, Anti-Terrorism Specialty Team 2, Detachment 2, Ramstein Air Base, Germany. Bernardo, thanks again for taking the time to be with us. It was so great to talk to you finally. Thanks uh, for uh, making the time for us. Thank you. It's been an honor. And thanks to all of you listening for tuning in. For OSI Today, my OSI journey, I'm Wayne Amon saying so long for now.